wanna be the best. I wanna be the best. Simple as playing. That's why I play the game. But to be the best, you have to win. And that's what drives me. Who that? We that? We back with another episode of Hidden Takes, episode sixteen. Jay, my brother, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, Jay. I like how we've been saying recently, best time of the year. Uh, we're seeing players make history. Shout out Marcus Smart, uh, making uh, NBA history, getting that, getting being a second guard to get uh, defensive player of the year. Um, I'm just happy, Jay. I'm happy to be here. This is going to be a jam-packed episode. We got a lot to get in. A lot of these game one, game twos, and even some game threes for, for Philly and Toronto, Jay. So happy to be here. Happy to see you, my brother. Yeah, absolutely. As always. And let's get right into it with series. A lot of like we were talking about earlier on the show, a lot of things happening, storylines happening throughout series, injuries, um, all pretty much all the things that go with what comes with the playoffs. You know, no team's going to be at full strength. No team's going to have just a smooth road to to move on and, and get out of the first round. And that's exactly what we're seeing early on here. And um, and it's it's wild to see. So let, let's uh, kind of dive into these series and each series kind of has a storyline of its own. And that's exactly what we're going to address here. And, you know, top of the screen, let, let's just dive into the series that's tied one run right now. And that's the uh, Phoenix Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans. And we saw yesterday in the news, um, we saw Devin Booker leave game two um, early with with a hamstring um, injury. Um, and then so next yesterday, we found out that he has no um, recovery time, no set return date for him. And he's doubtful for games three and four. Jay, how are you feeling about what this means? I know you have the, the Suns coming out of the West. What, what do you what do you what do you make of this this news about Devin Booker, who's a key their leading scorer, a key cognate? And we saw that they ran their offense through him in game two and kind of struggled when he left the game. What do you think this means for them? Man, Jay, like how you said, I, I definitely think that that, that, that the Suns are gonna are gonna struggle to find as easy as offense as as they have so far. Uh, you know, with him, we know Devin Booker to be honestly one of the the, the best offensive scorers right now in our in our game. Just uh, a pure a pure bucket getter, just one of those guys that the play can break down and you can tell him you know go get a bucket. And that's exactly what we saw uh, late in that late in game two where the Pelicans were able to snag a win. I feel like we saw the Suns struggle to be able to get a bucket um if it wasn't if, if it was like if the suns they don't run they don't run their, their play um then they you know they, they can give it to devin booker but in that's in that game they just couldn't do that and in my opinion that's the reason that they actually and you know ended up losing that game i feel like the pelicans uh had players like brandon ingram who scored 37 points nine assists 11 rebounds cj mccullum 23 points uh herb jones 14 points larry nance 13 Jonas valentunas with, with a, a double double and 13 and 10 and all this on efficient efficient shooting uh 54 from 54 uh, from the field as a team 56 from from the three point as a, as as a team and the sun just simply didn't have that but with all that being said though jay i still think uh that the suns are gonna easily be able to handle um the the, the pelicans still knock them out um in you know we'll give the we'll we'll give the pelicans a game you know they 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 earn themselves a game so we'll give them a game and i but i think the suns even without devin Booker, can knock the pelicans out in five in 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 about five games i don't think they lose another one um but with that being said as we go forward through the playoffs they will need their number one score in Devin Booker but talk to me how you feel about that Jay 
Yeah, I, I think the Suns will be able to win this series without Devin Booker, although I don't know about five games. I think they, the Pelicans set themselves up for success, stealing a game on the road, whether it be because of Booker was out. We saw that Brandon Ingram, you know, we saw Larry Nance after the game say that he thought that Dev, uh, he saw that Brandon Ingram was the best player on the floor. I don't know about that at all times. He, he always truly believes that. But, Dev, but Brandon Ingram certainly looked like the best player on the floor last night in game two after Devin Booker, you know, left the game. We saw D-Book killing and eating with 31 points in that first half in, that, in, in game two. When I look at this, this is definitely a shift. A team, a team like the Suns, we know they rely on on Devin Booker, his scoring, um, his leadership, his mentality throughout, as well as, as CP3. I expect him to step up, but it's concerning this injury for Devin Booker. That's my, that's my main concern, not for them to get out of this series, but number one, a hamstring injuries nagging. You know, I was listening to to Chris Haynes podcast yesterday, and he he was talking about how he used to cover, I believe, the Milwaukee Bucks and Pau Gasol and his hamstring injury. And he said, man, like Pau Gasol, I, I, I like, I don't know. He's soft. Like it must be the European in him. Like why, why isn't he able to fight through and play through a hamstring injury? And then he goes on to talk about um, how he throughout his basketball career, just, you know, playing pickup and how he played previously, how he had never dealt with a hamstring injury until he was about 30, 30, 34, 35. And then he, he said that, he, he got a hamstring injury and then he's like, man, now I know what it feels like. He tried to play through it. He thought he was good. And then um, about, I think he came back and he said he, he retweaked his, his hamstring. And that's why I'm thinking it's concerning, especially the high impact um, quick turnarounds in the playoffs for a guy like Devin Booker, who's had this injury um, previously to his hamstring. It's just extremely concerning as the, the Suns progress. And, and you hope, um, if you're the Suns case, who've had a great season, yes, they are deep. Yes, they have Chris Paul, who can certainly take over a series. That's why I'm not concerned about game one, or sorry, this this series. I think it might go five or six. Um, I think worst case seven. But for them to get out of this series quick, best case scenario, five games, they win the next three straight because it will allow time for Devin Booker to rest, keeping in mind that Another star, another injured series um, with the Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks and, and, and Luca, and you know his health is a question mark, but it's likely that he may come back um, games three and four, which we'll get out get into a little bit. But that's just my concern um, early on with his injury because we saw him with his injury early on when they were playing the Warriors actually um, in December, I believe, and he dealt with that for about a month um, and then came back. So concerning so is how I'm feeling right now. Okay, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you, and I, and I think that all all, all Phoenix fans uh, w- would agree that you know they can definitely handle the Pelicans, but uh, later later on they definitely will need. I mean, the next matchup will either be a U- a Utah Jazz team that's I mean, crumbling, <laughs> we'll we'll get there, and a Dallas Mavericks team that is honestly on the rise, so they will need Devin Booker. But before we move on, Jay Jay, you said. Five, five, six, worst case scenario, seven. Jay, you know we don't walk the fence over here, my brother. What are you going with? What is uh, Suns and Pelican series? Are you going to say five, six, or are you, are you saying seven? You got to choose one. I'm going to go Phoenix, Phoenix and six. I, I think it's going to be tough for them to, to win both of those games, especially I know 
New Orleans, I'm not sure their rep is kind of up and down in terms of the home court advantage, but they do have two opportunities to get a game at home. And I like those chances, especially with the way that Brandon Ingram is playing right now. And then they got CJ McCollum, that one-two punch, add in whoever you want on any given night from, from the next three up, who's going to give you the, the, the supplement of scoring to those two, um, CJ and Brandon, that is. So I'm, I'm going to go them getting Pelicans able to sneak out a win on the road. And then uh, whether that's game three or four, and then um, Phoenix will win the, the next two of those, whether it be three or four. So they might win three, lose game four, but then they'll be able to get, um, be able to get the next two games, however way it is. Okay. All right. All right. Jason. I guess Jason. next three. Yeah. So it's okay. So, yeah. so you you got you got Phoenix in six, yeah. and I got I got Phoenix in five. All right, Jay. It's good. It's good. It definitely just became a more interesting series. That's all I gotta say. So I gotta say, yeah. Jay. Absolutely. No, I think it, it is an interesting series um, because of that. Because of that. Um, so let's let's move on to the next series, and we were just talking about it, and that's Utah and Dallas. We saw what happened game one, kind of kind of an unconvincing win, especially with Luca out. Um, in game one from, from Utah, and then game two, we know who showed up to that one, and that's Jalen Brunson with the 41-40 ball um, when they needed a most huge win for, for Dallas, especially with the return of Luka Doncic um, looming. You know, they're, they're, we saw him shooting um, in practice the other day. Looked, looked, looked like himself. I mean, with a calf injury, it is another one of those injuries that can be lag, um, that can that can keep lingering around and, and might stay with you. But for Luca, for a guy like Luca, who, who doesn't really rely on his speed and, and quickness, he relies more on deception, using his body, being able to get, get into guys, um, create contact when he's getting to the rim or relies on his flo floater. He's more of a first step um, quickness guy. So I'm not sure how much that will affect him defensively. That's where it might affect him most. I mean, he's not the greatest defender Anyway, um, and Dallas prides themselves on de defense, so he might be picked on um, on that end. But um, it is concerning. But initial thoughts on this series tied up one one going to Utah, Jay. Man, Jay, <laughs> look, Jay. Honestly, I I'd rather be right than than stick to my pride, Jay. I had in the pre in the predictions, I had the Jazz Bay. I had the Jazz Jay, but I'm honestly starting to highly highly questioned my decision to have jazz and six man because i mean i, I mentioned in, in the preview i said i thought jalen brunson would be exploited on defense but man the mavs had just been playing like how you said jay they, they pride themselves on their defense and they have been playing exceptional team defense right now they're second in the league for opponents uh opponents uh, points per game i didn't think spencer dinwiddie would be this reliable first option with with, with luca out except he has been for both games and in fact jay they, it, it, instead of you know us seeing the the Mavericks collapse out there, what we're actually witnessing is we're witnessing the Jazz collapse. I mean, we, we've it's been known that Rudy Gobert is no is really unplayable come plays come playoffs, right? But he's getting exposed by these by these Mavericks quick guards, man. He's getting exposed by Brunson, as we saw in, in uh, game two. He's getting exposed by Din, uh, Dinwiddie. He's getting exposed by Trey Burke. No disrespect to Trey Burke, but I don't think he should be a point guard getting consistent minutes out there. But because they're playing the Jazz, he is. And he's a, a playmaking guard who is just honestly – 
force it because the Mavs are, are shooting great right now. They're, they're shooting great from, from, from the field right now, shooting great from three. And that's really forcing uh, Rudy Gobert to step up on these on these pick and rolls. And if he doesn't step, step up and he tries to play that drop coverage, they're killing him with that mid-range, man. So really, right now, the, 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 Maver- the Mavericks are forcing the Jazz to essentially play four on five out there and all all of this jay all of this like how you said like how even you know shout out junior because junior mentioned this on the on, on the preview all of this without luca and we know luca to be the player that just does a little bit of everything on the court so while i agree with you that yes luca is a bit of a of a defensive uh liability compared compared to the these lineups that that the mavericks are running out there right now man i just think that luca's like offensive game is just going to do so much more than what his defensive game is just going is 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 going to take away from man and then just real quick before I, before i get off this um you know get get off this series and get off this team shout out donovan mitchell man you know he's been showing up i i, I as we predicted, we, all the three of us, me, you, and, and Junior said, uh, oh, yeah, then we know Don Mitchell is going to be there. And that's what he did, you know, game one, uh, game one, 32 points, game two, 34 points. But he's alone, man. I mean, players like uh, players like Gobert, who, who were showing up in the regular season, just has it, it, it disappeared. Players like Royce O'Neal, you know, Jordan Clarkson had, had, had a good last game, but didn't have a, the great, greatest game one. Daniel House, Whiteside, Mike Conley, these role players that are supposed to be there just simply ha- haven't, be, ha- haven't been there. And while, while, while we're talking about the Jazz, this team is collapsing, Jay, collapsing. I'm watching, I'm, I'm watching, um, I'm, I'm watching the Jazz not play, just simply give, Eric Pascal and Nikhil Alexander Walker, two DMPs, bro. I mean, hey, look, I'm not saying I'm not saying Nikhil Alexander Walker and Eric are players that are going to make a difference, but at this, having a player like Nikhil Alexander Walker, a bucket getter out there on the court, there's no reason he should get two DMPs, in my opinion, man. So the Jazz, honestly, bad coaching, uh, getting exposed on the defensive end. When Luka comes back, it's gonna be even worse. I think I might have to switch it, Jay. I'm, I'm, I think I might have to switch my, uh, my uh, prediction to Mavs and seven. To be honest, I don't want to be flipping, wow. but I gotta wow. be real. I gotta be real. Wow, wow. See, so jumping, jumping ship, huh? I gotta be real, I'm, Jay. I'd rather be right than real than real. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick to my guns with with Jazz and seven. And here's why: I think that it's gonna shift back to Utah. Utah's gonna at least get a game. I, I look to them to maybe get game three here. And 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 then it's going to be the Donovan Mitchell show. I think that he has the prowess. He has the ability to get his guys involved, to get his guys going. And I think the rest of the team's going to, to thrive off that. They had a huge win in game one, fell off in game two. I think they're going to make the necessary adjustments in game two. Quinn Snyder, we know the coach that he is. And then the rest of the guys um, – are going to have to step up. Mike Conley is a guy I really look to who has to step up in the next few games, or it's going to be Dallas in six, honestly. Um, I, I don't even expect it to go to a game, uh, game seven, if Mike Conley is who I'm really looking to, to step up. And then Boyan Bogdanovich. Those are the next guys up in terms of that. Rudy Gobert has to change the game defensively. Um, more he has to look to be more active more aggressive um, by containing guys um, blocking shots while staying out of foul trouble um, but, all, but 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 me saying this really truly truly makes me think that's a real tall task and, and a tall order for guys who haven't proven that they they can do this on a consistent basis 
Um, we've seen Mike Conley disappear a lot of times. We've seen Boyan Bedanovich, Jordan Clarkson, um, Rudy Gobert, the rest of, rest of the Jazz supporting cast disappear at times, be inconsistent. So for me to sit here and say that, that we can expect anything different is a little wishful thinking. But like we said before this series, like I had said before this series, I truly think this is it. This is the, the last chance. This is the puncher's chance. They know this is the last run they got. And I, uh, with that in mind, I believe they, they can get it done. They can get it done in seven with, with a lagging, lingered, lingered and injured Luca. I don't expect another 41, 40 point performance from Jalen Brunson. And they are able to, to win. How, how much did they win that game by, Jay? Against, they needed that, that performance from, from Jalen Brunson and they won the game by six at home. I think that's really a tough task to to, to uh, expect from him again. The, the Jazz are going to game plan um, against that, get the ball out of his hands, or force him to do the same thing. If you're gonna, if they expect Jalen Brunson to beat us for 40, you'd rather have him do that, beat you again doing that, than Luca, um, a, a, an injured Luca. So um, I'm gonna I'm stick stick to the Jazz in uh, in seven, and, and we'll we'll be covering this throughout so we'll, we'll definitely uh revisit and see jay's jumping shit but i'm uh i'm gonna I'm a hold tight with him i got it i'm gonna hold tight with him hey jay but, honestly uh, but i i've jumped i'm not not for a lot of series but a couple of series after seeing game ones and two just the way the match has been playing man i've had to jump shit for a, for a couple of these series jay yeah. hey jay I, I i i've seen a team come back from three runs so i'm never i'm never <laughs> too quick to jump ship or or to to shift uh to ship but i mean obviously as the outlier but but you know i've seen it happen i we see we saw a few years ago um toronto being down 2-0 coming back to to milwaukee um coming back home from milwaukee and and taking down the bucks in four straight games but speaking of toronto let's uh let's talk about this series uh philadelphia 76ers with the 3-0 lead Thanks to the man himself, who you believe is the MVP. You know, I still mm -hmm. I still got Jokic from my overall body of work, but I understand why someone would say Joel Embiid is the MVP of, of this year. Um, because he's certainly playing like it, Jay. The 104-101 victory last night, um, as we record this on April uh 21st. That was just a huge shot, man. Was huge. Um Joel Joel. Just just took the life out of Scotia Bank Arena. Un unbelievable. Um, you know, my neighbors, I always hear them going off, going crazy about <laughs> being shots being heard. I could hear a pin drop after he hit that shot. You know, after they battled back, the Raptors were throwing punches. The Philly was throwing back, getting hit back. Just, just a boxing match. What I expected from the first two games, and we didn't see that in the first two games, we saw philly win those games handily and and from what i've heard from a lot of raptors fans in those first two games was the discrepancy on fouls um and while they were there was a huge discrepancy on fouls and free throws for philly i, I just truly think that they were outmatched and especially after scotty barnes um went down in game one that was a huge loss for the raptors um, a guy who's adds versatility defensively switchability and then to lose him 
um, in, in late in that game. I think it took a, a lot out of out of the Raptors uh, in their psyche and, and their team spirit. Honestly, um, this is a team who's weathered a lot of storms, but losing him, a guy, a piece, a rookie who could potentially be rookie of the year, in my opinion, who's definitely deserving of it. Um, was a huge loss. But Jay, talk, I know I've said a lot about this series. Talk to me well, what you've seen. I mean, um, just, just yeah, it, it's been a been a series, man. Series to forget for the Raptors so far. Man, Jay, to be real, honestly, like, and, uh, I, and, and, and I got a lot of love for the Raptors. I mean, you know, I got my boy Jay out there in the six. You know, it's like, I got my boy Jay and my boy Oko. I got, I got, you know, the homies out there in the six. I got a lot of love for the Raptors. But prior coming into the series, Jay, and I even said it on the preview, I, I just I don't I didn't think the Raptors took a chance and the, and the only reason why I say and and I I hear I hear the points that Raptors fans are are, are are making to me that are like no like the Sixers don't really have the outside shooting yes they have Joel Embiid and Harden but will Harden show up and and will Joel Embiid be healthy and and I agree with all of that yet all I have to say is and maybe I'm too bullish and I'm too high on Joel Embiid again I have him as my MVP so I know that I know the the, the type of work he can do but I just I just knew I was like man the Raptors biggest weakness in my in my opinion is at the bigs at, at, at that big position is guarding those real big uh, those big players Joel Embiid it might be arguably the best big in the league so for the Raptors to unfortunately have to face their biggest weakness in Joel Embiid. The same thing, the same thing, like, like I mentioned, uh, I mean, the Warriors are a little different. The Warriors are, are torching the, the Nuggets out there, but the Warriors are have a tough time guarding bigs. The Raptors have a tough time guarding bigs. It was just unfortunate that the Raptors had to play the uh, the 76ers. And that's, I just don't think that as long as Embiid's out there, I don't think the Raptors stand a chance. Like how you mentioned, Jay, Scotty Barnes going down was just massive. I mean, uh, arguably a, a rookie of the year, uh, huge to what they did on both ends, on the defensive end and, uh, and and offensive end. And then another thing, Jay, is for the Raptors to to win, they have to consistently shoot well. And I mean, you, I, I feel like you, you know, you, you would be able to coincide in this and agree more than anyone, Jay. Like the Raptors, that's been their problem. They haven't consistently been able to do it this season. You know, maybe Fred, maybe Fred Rico, or maybe. Uh, Gary Trent has a good game, has a, a good three-point shooting game, but they can never consistently follow up with it. And the only way, in my opinion, that the Raptors can beat the 76ers is if they just shoot the lights out and they and, and they run this small ball. Because if not, it's just it, – it, I mean, Kenny, you know, Kenny the Jet Smith was talking about it after the, um, after the Raptors game. It, it's just like – you can't. You have to double Joel Embiid. Nobody can guard him. You, you can throw Ken Birch at him too small. You could throw Boucher too small. Pascal too small. So you gotta throw the double. If you throw the double, you know he's gonna find. You know he's gonna find the the the, the right player. And then while we're just talking about that shot, though, I do I do want to mention that was a terrible shot. Like for the in my opinion for the 76ers, like we're talking about Joel Embiid. Yes, he can shoot the three, but. Joel Embiid is taking a game winner from from, from leaning going out uh, going out of bounds for the three. Um, I mean, I think you could have you could have got a better shot in in, in uh at the time though. Um, point nine seconds. That, that was the best shot. And and I, 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 the Raptors made a mistake. Um, I heard Nick Nurse. You you could see him pointing to uh, Fred Van Vliet to watch the lob and protect the paint on there. Mm. And I think there was a miscommunication that led. And B to get um, almost almost a wide open shot, especially with that time with point nine left. And then it was Fred Fred Van Vliet closing out to him. We know he's giving up so much size in that. 
it's like he's shooting with no one contesting ultimately. Um, and it wasn't even that great of a contest. So in the, in the moment, I think personally it was, it was a good shot and the best you could get at that time, unless you're going to go for a tip in, um, you'll take that shot. You'll take a wide open shot and, and a leaning shot from your best player at those times. Jay, I would, I would. <laughs> you take that. Uh, I mean, I, I, hear, I mean, not- you, you got to take it. Like Embiid was, was keeping them in shot. that game. Harden was, was, was not the same. So I would take it personally, but, um, but, but anyways, on that note, and you talking about the size that they're giving up the gate where, where you can stats don't always tell the whole story and you can make up a narrative of how you want them to, but, but where they lost the game on the Raptors was on the boards, losing the, the rebound battle from 40, from uh, 46 to 32 on the, on the glass. You're not going to be able to win games like that. doesn't matter at home on the road. And you give guys, um, you give teams opportunities for second chance points. And it's not really their fault. Like you said, they don't have the size to match up with a guy like Joel Embiid, who can, is, if he's not getting the board himself, he can tip it out um, to his teammates to get the board. And, and, and that's tough to beat a team like that. So, uh, and, and the Raptors did shoot it better. They shot 30, 37%, but it didn't even match up to the three point percentage of, of the Sixers who shot 41. So, those are two equations and two recipes for disaster uh, for the Raptors. And they got a 2 p.m. game on, on Saturday. And unfortunately, um, I'm, I'm, I'm switching up. I know I have the Raptors in seven, but that 2 p.m. game early, um, 11, 11, 11 a.m. if you're on the West Coast. And that's a that's a s- equation for a sweep. I'm, I'm afraid, oh, afraid to say so. Uh, <laughs> equation I'm a, I'm a, I got I got Philly in four here. So man, uh, it was great, great season. Um, Raptors back in the playoffs, but but uh Cancun it is for you. <laughs> Cancun it is, but hold on, Jay. Hey, before we move on, I have to say something because I was thinking about this yesterday as I was kind of looking at these games. Jay, I know we talked Stephen A. Smith a lot, and a lot of just NBA guys around the league were saying Harden has the biggest pressure to perform come this playoff. And I honestly agree. He did uh he does. Um, and and I want to say this. Harden has not been a letdown, okay? Game one, 22 points, 14 assists. Game two, 14 points. Game three, 19 19 points, 10 assists. But he has not been the James Harden scoring machine, scoring menace that we know of him. He hasn't even been that James Harden, the the point guard that I feel like he was – playing in before he before he fell out in Brooklyn I remember remember when um when he was it was uh, when Kyrie had went down and it was really kind of just James Harden out there I know he was struggling with a hamstring injury um but prior to prior to that he he was really like being a point guard facilitator I feel like he hasn't even necessarily been that Jay so I just want to get your temperature on James Harden real quick has he been letting down to you but he's also they're also three and no so winning solves everything so yeah, I mean, no, it ha- it hasn't been the same James Harden. I mean, he fouled out last night. We didn't even mention that. That that cannot happen. You cannot put yourself in a situation, especially with the t- amount of time that they had. They need James Harden on the floor, especially if he's he's produ- he's producing assists, he's playmaking like he has. He hasn't been hitting those same shots like you mentioned. But for me, it always came down to who was going to be the second best player in the series, who was going to be able to take over this series other than Joel Embiid. We know by far he's the best player in the series, you know, junior and, and you and I talked about this uh, on, on the playoff preview, but who is going to be that second player? Was it going to be Fred Van Vliet? Was it going to be Pascal Siakam? Was it going to be Tobias Harris? Was it going to be James Harden? But no, it hasn't been any of those guys. 
It's been Tyrese Maxey making plays throughout the series. And that's why I said when they when when there was talks about Philly getting rid of Tyrese Maxey, Jalen Brown getting ready for 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 whoever CJ McCollum, I said, absolutely not, because I believe in this kid. I think Tyrese Maxey is a serious baller, maybe even a future star. And it's looking like it. He's trending like that. There's no reason to believe he hasn't been. He's been the second best player in that series. And for the Raptors, it's all bad. Um, for Philly, it's all great because if they had the second best players in, in the series, they're going to win those games and they're going to win this series. And that's exactly what we've been seeing. It hasn't been the same Harden, but Tyrese Maxey has stepped up and made the plays that need to be made. Hey, big, hey, Jay, you right, Jay. Big, big shout out to you because I'm not going to lie. I was pulling for trade everybody who you and, and anybody to get a Jalen Brown in there, to get a James Harden in there. And I'm not going to lie, Jay, Jay, Tyrese Maxey has been exactly what the 76ers has needed. Tyrese Maxey has been a, honestly the, the the best off-ball player to James Harden and Embiid right now. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Jay. That just hit me right now. You did call that. I remember I asked you, would you trade Maxey? You were like, hell no. Keep Maxey. He's a future star so man that's that's up to you jay that's big ups yeah no i mean maxi is what he does what he brings to philly is is so versatile because he when those lanes open up the lanes that harden right now just in his physical health his physical shape his condition can't get to anymore i feel like he's foul baiting because he has to he's a step slow he's a step late um, but maxi is so good at penetrating um, inside the paint and getting through those those small holes, those tight gaps in the defense, and, and attacks the, the the paint with such speed and and, and agility um, and his ability to finish, knock down open shots. And Doc Rivers says he he was the top twenty five. Um, he believes he's the top twenty five fastest guards, the fastest players in the league. I look at this guy and I'm saying he's top five, top ten. Man, he's this dude's got some jets. This dude's got some jets, and that's exactly what the versatility that he brings to the, to the Sixers offensively and even defensively, um, his activity, although he, he, he does give up, give up some size, he's still active defensively and he's not n- enough of a liability um, to be taken advantage of that much. So, man, I can't say enough, give enough praise um, to, to Ty, Ty Maxi, man. But Jay, let's move on here to the, to the next series. Spent a lot of time on that series this is this is an absolute first first game thriller second game just straps from this particular team the number one defensive team in the, the NBA and this is why I chose them in seven um if if Brooklyn doesn't win it the series I'm talking about is as you know now Boston versus Brooklyn Boston has a two 2-0 um series lead going back to the Barclay Center in, in Brooklyn um with the 114-107 victory last night. Uh, Jay, talk to me about what you're seeing in this series from a gritty, strapped, locked down uh, defensive team like like the um, Celtics led by their defensive anchor who you chose. I'm going to give you your credit um, w- with Marcus Smart. Let's, let's give you your kudos on, on that since you've given me mine on Maxi, man. Got to give you yours. But talk to me about what you're seeing in this series, man. It's been a thriller. Two, two, two serious thrillers, but two stars who are struggling and struggled last game. Um, well, one in particular, Kevin Durant, who's who struggled in both games. Yep. Kyrie Irving struggled last game, which is extremely concerning um, if I'm the Nets going back home. Man, Jay, hey, we just talked about it earlier. 
<laughs> having to be right, wanting to be right <laughs> than wanting to be prideful. Jay, I'm here to apologize, Jay. You told us on the pod, you said Celtics would come out with this victory in the series. Me and G- me and Junior both went towards the Nets. And, and, and I mean, it's not a bad choice to go towards the Nets. It's not a hot take. And they have still, uh, I mean, the best two players in the series. I mean, I think you could, you could comfortably say KD is the best player in that series. Maybe he hasn't been playing so far, but just the best overall player. So mm-hmm. I know that, that, that that's what I was leaning on, but I was wrong, Jay. I was wrong. I thought that the Nets overwhelming offensive power and experience would, uh, would be enough, but uh, I undermined that Celtics defense, Jay. I mean, you said it amazing team defense, number one defense in the league. You can, you can, you can see it in the rotations, Jay. I mean, in last night in game two, um, they were doubling KD, not n- not every time he touched the ball, but only on a catch, Jay. So every time every time KD would come and catch the ball, they would come and du- d- double him just to, just to throw him off, and they would get back every single time. Their rotations were perfect, Jay. I did not see them miss a single rotation out of all pick and rolls for KD and Kyrie. They were blitzing, so it, so just really uh, pl- uh, doing that same strategy that the Bucks did last year when playing the Nets forcing these other guys to beat him so every single time kd or Kyrie is coming around the corner of that pick they're getting they're getting blitz and it, it worked i mean game game one I and mean, we we know what Kyrie did he had a stellar uh 39 39 point performance and kd in both games like how you mentioned jay struggled man in both games he took less shots than he even averages per game and what and what that shows to me is that he's just simply not getting the same looks that he's used to um like i mentioned Kyrie got off game one but game two in the second half jay only scored four points man and that is for uh, i think it's a lot of reasons i think it's yes yes the the, the celtics defense but i also think it's that celtics six man I, I think that celtics fans are getting to him i don't care what he says in the press conference i don't care how he wants to frame it man i think that the Celtics fans are getting to him we've seen in game one where he, he was flipping fans off to, trying to uh, uh taunt them in the post-game press conference got he Cussed a little bit, got fined fifty thousand dollars, so it's clearly getting to him, man. Um, so the, and on top of all that, Jay, on top of all that great defense, on top of Kyrie Irving and KD not being who who we know them we know them to be, the Celtics right now got two go get a bucket at any time players in, in Tatum and Brown. They got the fluidity in their offensive half court game. Uh, they got role players like Daniel Tice. Shout out, man. Shout out Daniel Tice. I love that guy. <laughs> Been rocking him since, since the beginning of his uh, career. Al Horford. I was so wrong about him. I thought his age would get exploited. Boy, is he playing great defense, both in the perimeter and down low. And of course, defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, man. So, Jay, I got to jump ship, Jay. I think the Nets right now are way too reliant on KD and Kyrie creating offense. And that's not going to be a a, a, um, a reliable strategy against the number one defense in the league. Oh, I got to jump ship, Jay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Celtics. Celtics and Celtics and. Oh, man, I want to say, oh, man, Jay. Oh, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> oh man. All right, I, I'm not. Gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna ride the fence, Jay. Celtics in, Celtics in six. Celtics in six, Jay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And 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 let's talk about the storyline in that series. Does Ben Simmons expected to come back? Um, game four, a little, a little, little too late. Too, too little, too late. Um, we know he hasn't played all season. Is it really going to affect them? I personally think I don't. I don't really know. But do you think this changes anything? You think Ben, ben coming back changes anything for those dudes? 
I think it just it, it, it just it just helps him for next year, man. I think Ben Simmons isn't going to – he's a good defensive player, but what they need is they need more offensive production besides KD and Kyrie playmaking every single time, and he doesn't bring that. So I think it's just going to help mm-hmm. him get more chemistry for next year, unfortunately. They're gone yeah. this year. Yeah, I think Joe Joe Harris um, and his, his what he his ability, his size, his shooting, not having him there hurts hurts them um, defensively and offensively because he's just another shooter to to add to that mix. And n- number number two on that on that point is um, he he's not a liability defensively because you look at guys like Seth Curry who can who can create off the dribble. Joe Harris isn't creating a shot off the dribble. And um, I am Patty Mills, who can create a sh- shot um, and, and knock down jumpers. But they're giving up so much uh, offensive defensively that it's kind of turns into a little bit of a liability. And if they're not hitting their shots, um, you're you're in a hole if you're Brooklyn. So let's see how this rest of this series um, shapes out. I do have Brooklyn winning the next game. Um, it is a must win, but I, I do have them winning the game three and um, and potentially game four. Two, two for them to go back to Boston series tied up two, two. Um, so I still got Boston in, in seven. I'm gonna stick to my guns in that series as well. But Jay talked about that series. Let's, let's, let's talk about next Miami versus, uh, versus the Atlanta Hawks. I know we had talked about a lot about this series. We say we're, we're going to get Trey going to give Trey at least lose two games. And you and I talked about giving them two games in Miami winning this series in six. Are you still, you still feeling that or how was your take on this? I'm not even, I'm not even giving Trey two, man. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm going heat and five to be real. Uh, honestly, I just think that the heat are too deep and too physical for a Clint Capella, less Hawks. Um, they're, they're guarding. Kyle Lowry certainly is. <laughs> man, huh, Jay? Showed, showed him that clip. And if you can play, play to maybe, may, Maybe play that clip. I mean, my goodness, Kyle Lowry, what are you doing? What are you doing? We're, we're referring to that DeAndre Hunter where he's throwing himself into his body. I don't know what that was. Uh, we, want, we, want, we don't know if we call that physicality, Jay, but sorry to interrupt you. Thought no. I'd add that little piece in there, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I agreed. That definitely was uh, Kyle Lowry doing his best CP3 impression out there, just trying to <laughs> get 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 fouls called off the ball. But uh, but but yeah, Jay. Honestly, I would have to just switch to Heat and Five. I think that right now they're too physical and too deep for this Clint Capella list Hawks. Uh, they're guarding this. Uh, the Heat are guarding the, the Hawks pick and roll to perfection. They're blitzing um, Trey Young right now because he, he genuinely he uh, uh, really doesn't have a role, man. I know John Collins is out there, but John Collins is not the John Collins that um, that, that 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 we know of him to to be. So they're really just kind of blitzing Trey Young and he's a, a smaller guard who's having a tough time. And I think Trey Young is just too shot hungry right now. And I, I feel him, you know, I feel him His two stars are out. His two stars are out. So you got to do what you got to do, but I don't really, really not even going to spend too much time. I don't think the Hawks stand a chance to be honest. I just think that this heat team is, is going to, is going to take it to him. Uh, but just one thing I thought of not, not really necessarily having to do with the game. Just wanted to throw this out there for you and the family to think about. Um, you remember when Duncan Robinson, I think it was like that bubble year was starting to come up and people were just loving him. They were like, wow, what an underplayed play, un- underpaid player. He plays so well. Like, uh, like we just love him, right? Like some everybody besides the Lakers fans just loved him, right? Everybody, 
South Lakers fans call him like the J- Jimmy Neutron because that big head, right? But but I think now after he got his huge contract, Jay, I just like he just like uh, has underplayed. He has just underplayed, Jay. Like just has not been uh, the Duncan Robinson that we've known to be. And the Heat has had found Max Struess. Max Struess has literally became Duncan Robinson. So I just j- just want to add how how f- quick people switch up on um on people just based on them getting paid. You know, Duncan Robinson got paid big and. And he just hasn't performed, and now people kind of are hating on on my boy Duncan, man. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think the Hawks stand a chance. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I agree, but 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 we will give our, our guy Duncan some, some credit. He showed out game one, man. He balled out, um, shooting nine for ten from from the field, eight for nine from the three. I I will say that he he showed out there on on um, in twenty two minutes, absolute sniper, but. I, I, I do agree with that. Max Schroes has been a big part of, of what they're doing. I think it's his physicality and his ability to defend. Um, that's why he's moved ahead of Duncan Robinson. But, Jay, you know I got to talk about this series. That's the Denver Nuggets versus the my Golden State Warriors. Warriors up 2-0 right now. And, and just just a little, little briefly, number one, I, I believe um, – Denver stands no chance at this point. Um, just, just, and, and the reason why Jay is the weapons that the Warriors have. Number one, Jordan Poole, you could argue, has looked like the best player in this series. Um, I love the fact that Steph gave him the opportunity um, to start. We don't know what what will happen when he steps off his minutes restriction and he's able to start because we know 100% he's going to start. But I'm curious to see the rotation. And the starters that that Kerr ultimately goes with, and if they're the ability for them to go small, and the defense defense that Draymond Green has has been able to play on um, Nikola Jokic. I know you talked about the size they're giving up. It, it hasn't really looked like that because first game Nikola Jokic, um, sorry, second game last game Nikola Jokic was so frustrated by the Warriors' defense that the dude got tossed. Um, we saw the Denver Nuggets arguing with them with each other. Marcus um, Marcus Cousins got tossed the first game. He was arguing with Will Barton. So just a lot of bickering amongst the Nuggets. And I think it's truly because they're they know they're outmanned, outmatched. The Warriors have too much offense, in my opinion, for any team in the league. No one's messing with them. That's why I got them. I'm just saying now as my NBA ch- champions. But I just think right now um, in this series, I think. Bro- Denver might get a game. I think they might be able to pull out game three tonight. Um, and we'll, we'll see if that prediction is right. But I think it would be war. I'm switching. I had Warriors in six. I'm going to switch it to five. I think Denver gets one game on, on the road. But just too many weapons. Defensively, they're locked in. Clay's looking like more himself, knocking down open shots. Well, he's not the same defender he was. Um, just too much Warriors, too much offense. That 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 small ball lineup of Jordan Poole, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, um, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond's just just too much. And then you add in the role players. Um, Jokic is just looking like out there on an island for himself. As good as he is, I don't think he he can do it um, with with this lineup he's got right now. Yeah, but Jay, I know that was a long long summary. But how are you feeling? Um, have your thoughts have changed uh, on this series? Yeah, Jake, this is one of those series just that I also have 
I'd rather be rather be right than be prideful, Jay. Did I did have a uh, Warriors Warriors in six, and that's because the the Denver Nuggets have the, they are they are three and one against the Warriors in in Denver. Uh, the altitude is different. Uh, the, we we know what Jokic can do, but as for we've seen these first two games, they they just do not they do not have enough offensive firepower to keep up with the Warriors. Um, we were we were saying Splash Brothers. I don't know if you Dub Nations, if you guys been saying this for some time, but I'm now starting by to start a splash cousin because this is just a splash family right now with jordan pool curry uh jordan Pool, just 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 kids splashing right just that's what it is man i got jordan pool curry uh, thompson and then i know another thing that i want to add too is 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 especially in that uh in that game one and game two is just the 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 deep the deepness of the Warriors, man. I mean, I think right now um, we know that, you know, come, come deeper in the playoffs, uh, like the rotations definitely get smaller. Some, some players don't really get minutes, but I mean, we're seeing players like, like, uh, like Kaminga, like, uh, like Juan Toscano Anderson in this five minutes of, of, of playing time still produce, still do a lot, man, still be able to actually be, be, be productive to the team. I think in, um, I believe in game one, I think everyone on the Warriors scored. I think the only player that didn't score was uh, Andre Iguodala, who isn't even expected to score out there, is more of expected just to be that OG, that veteran presence on the team. So, yeah, man, I'm gonna have to jump ship. I'd rather be be right than be prideful. Uh, Warriors, I think that uh, we'll, we'll take it in five. I agree with you. I think Denver will at least get one game uh, in Denver, um, and and just on the back of Jokic just being pissed off having one good performance and just uh, having the Warriors having a tough time holding that. But besides that, it should be easy going for the Warriors get him out of five yeah yeah no i can't say enough about about pool right now i think mip snub and i i think i just think that that award so it's so tough darius garland definitely deserving but i think for the john morant nomination um i think it's just too hard because he was already a star he already shined in the playing game last year and the playoffs so i think him being in the mip conversation is kind of like isn't kind even, of fishy. Isn't yeah, even fair, right? Yeah, yeah. I um, think but, I think he should be closer to MVP. Not saying he would have won MVP, but closer to MVP than MIP in my in, in my yeah. opinion. Because I agree, he was already good. I actually, I actually. And 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 we'll do this because uh, we over here at Clutch Talk J we we believe in awards should be given after the playoffs. Um, so we'll 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 do an award show. But I I, I think that yeah, Jordan Poole definitely could have been MIP snub. Desmond Bain MIP snub. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll definitely get into that man. But yeah, I don't yeah, think we'll dive. Josh should dive be there. more into that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll dive more into that. Let's talk about the next series, Memphis Memphis Grizzlies. Speaking of job, Memphis Grizzlies and the Minnesota Timberwolves tied 1-1 going back um, to tonight and to Minnesota as, as we record this. How are you feeling about this series, Jay? And Jay, this is on on the on the low, like just one of the best series, Jay. I mean, we we, we were texting uh, off camera. We said if there's gonna be upset in any series, it's gonna be here, man. I mean, I've been saying it since the Wolves have been in the, in this whole playing situation. They are built for the playoff, man. They have a semi big three. If anything, if you don't want to count D'Lo, they have a they, they have a good duo in in and Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. They actually complement each other. I mean, D'Lo is that facilitator, and is 
that uh, Ant is that score, uh, go get a bucket at any time. Carlton Towns is that big man who can pick and roll, pick and pop. They have amazing team defense right now. Role players know their role. They can play at a fast place. They can pay. They can play at a half court pace. Um, and again, like if we're talking about that upset, if any of these teams are going to get upset uh, and there's going to be upset, the Grizzlies have the least experience. So, in my opinion, they're the most likely for for uh, for that to happen. Um, and yes, yes, I do want to give it to the Grizzlies because they did win Game Two. In a dominant fashion, but I just want to just you know throw th- throw these little caveats out there for those you know that are, are really listening. They scored sixty points off the bench in that in that game too. They as a team, the Grizzlies averaged only thirty nine points off the bench. Can we really trust that to keep happening, or can we trust it to be more like a game one where they scored thirty two points off the bench? Um, I think that's a little bit more reliable. Or or, or the Wolves. The, I mean, the Minnesota Timberwolves turned the ball over nineteen times in, in that game too. Right now, as a team, they're averaging thirteen turnovers. Again, like, can we trust that to happen again, or can we trust them to be on the lower end? Um, another point that I, I looked at, and really most of all, Anthony Edwards, man, in that game one, we saw the performance that he had. Game two, I, I think that was a, 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 a rare, uh, like, that was a, a rare, rare performance. And he had only had 20 points, seven of 16 shooting, and five turnovers. Again, like, can we trust all that to happen, or can we trust more of a game one uh, performance? And I, I just think we can trust more of a game one performance. And so this is what I'm going to say, Jay. I'm, I'm going to say this. <laughs> if the if it goes to a game seven, I think anything could happen. And I think the Wolves can take them in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a one game off. But I don't think that the Memphis Grizzlies became the number two seed for no reason. So I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies in six. But I just just a caveat I have to add. And I'm not going to ride the fence. But I'm just going to say if it gets to a game seven, I, I think the, I, I would strongly take the Wolves. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Wolves still. Sorry, excuse me, the Grizzlies still in, in six. But I, I believe – wait, no, I think I, I believe I had them in five um, originally. But I think I'm going give, to give, give the Wolves one more game, especially at home as they come back. And I know that crowd is going to be fired up tonight, um, and they might be able to get game three. But I need to see more from Cat. Um, we saw a little bit from, it, from him in game one, some power, powerful dunk against Jaron Jackson, but if he's able to play with that force um, and, and kind of take charge more um, to him, stay out of foul trouble, th- then then the Wolves really have a serious chance. I think Anthony Edwards, you know, we had talked about him being kind of that dude, that guy, um, that, that number one guy. I don't know if he's fully taking it, but he certainly played like it in game one. Um, and if he was able to to keep that momentum up from game one and of how he played and bring that bring that same energy at home, I think the Wolves have a good chance of of taking game three. And it, it might be a, 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 a back and forth. Um, and we might ultimately see it going to game seven. And then I'll, at that point, I can't choose who's winning that game. Honestly, Memphis would be favored, especially at home. But I'm going to still go with Memphis. Right now, game six, I think they were kind of shocked. They were the favorite. That's the first time that they've ever been favored in a, in a playoff series with that young core. And it was a bit, bit of a culture, probably a culture shock. They've been used to playing with that chip on their shoulder throughout the season um, and, and kind of embrace that role of being the, the young villains around and to be in now a uh, in kind of a favorable matchup where they're favored to win. It was kind of a shock. And then they're back and forth in game two, and then they were able to pull away. Uh, but I look for, for Minnesota to come out strong in this next game and, and, and get at least one 
here on the road, but then Memphis to close it out um, by game six. So a great series. Like you said, you did a great analysis of it um, as well, but, but an interesting series, especially with the Wolves win in game one. But uh, let's move on to the last series we got to cover here before we finish up. And that's a game that I, you know, I, I jumped the gun and said it was going to be a sweep. And disrespect to the Bulls, ate my words last night. It didn't taste great. Still ate them. And let's talk about this Milwaukee Bucks, um, Chicago Bulls. Interesting. And the storyline here that got extremely interesting, the news we found out. We saw Chris Middleton lead this game earlier early and Mike Budenholzer telling us after the game that he has an MCL sprain. I believe it was mild, still has an MCL sprain, extremely concerning, most likely out for the, for this series might not see him too till the conference finals. If they're able to get there. I mean, I don't know a doctor. I'm just making assumptions. I've sprained my MCL before. I'm just making assumptions. It's not a, my, a major sprain, but I was out for at least a month to, month and a half, two months. Um, and that would put you around the, the finals, conference finals, if you're Chris Middleton, hopefully less. But Jay, things just got interesting in this series. Talk to me about it, my dude. Man, Jay, things just things definitely just got interesting. Um, I, I I still don't don't necessarily think that the Bucks are gonna are, are gonna you know really struggle against against the Bulls. I mean, I, I definitely think that Chris Middleton makes them great. You know, uh, uh, Gus Johnson yesterday on the game, he was covering the game. He said something that I mean, I just I just related to. Um, the the Bucks are good without Chris are, are good without Chris Middleton. They still got those. They still got Giannis. They still got Drew. They still have um uh, their, their bigs. They still got that dominant presence. But I think with Chris Middleton, they're they're, they're a great team. They, they they become a great team, but I don't think they need to be necessarily great, to be honest. To uh, to 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 beat the Bulls, um, especially um, when 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 we talk about uh, when we talk about that Raptors and then 76ers series, the Raptors have a hard time guarding bigs. The Bulls have a extremely tough time guarding bigs, and they kind of don't. They have, uh, essentially don't have anyone in there to be a defensive a, a defensive big. I know Tristan Thompson was picked up, but he just what's Tristan Thompson doing? And Vooch is really only offensive only really like an offensive asset kind of a defensive liability to be honest so i still i still have the uh, the bucks taking care of this series but like how you said though jay um and like shout out oka oka was mentioning this morning he was talking about um they're gonna need him to be to be able to get through the east and i absolutely agree man um but I guess while just just to you know talk about the series, we'll get to we'll get to the later in the playoffs later. But to talk about the series, um, I still think yeah the Bulls are gonna have a tough time. I just can't trust Vooch. Uh, game two, yeah, Vooch went crazy. You know, twenty four points, thirteen rebounds on fifty percent from the three and fifty percent from the field. Uh, we know what Demar did. Demar had that ridiculous forty point game, um, and Vooch was actually doing an insanely good job on Giannis. Uh, only only drew two fouls, and honestly, Jay. That's a that, that that that's just an outlier. I don't. I just can't. I can't uh, expect that to keep happening. I think Giannis and the uh, the uh, Br- uh, Brick Lopez are just gonna. They're gonna continue to go inside, ram it inside, and I don't think Vooch is gonna be able to handle that for this this seven game series. I just think the Bulls bigs have to show up to beat the Bucks, and that's just not gonna happen this year. Uh, they should have been made it more of a essential and more urgent to make some moves at the trade deadline, but. I do think the Bucks are going to need Chris though. Come play come playoffs later in playoffs. Yeah, I do. First of all, huge performance from from Demar. Give him his credit. Absolutely made the plays that needed to be made. 
Vucevic knocks down some big shots. Alex Caruso, can't say enough about him. Um, making plays down the stretch. <laughs> I, I just think you, you probably, as a Laker fan, you're seeing this. We could have used this dude because absolutely at any team, every team in the NBA, all 30 of them could use Alex Caruso because um, what he does, not necessarily on the, might not always show up on the box score, similar to, to a guy like Draymond Green, maybe even Marcus Smart, who's not always going to stat, uh, stuff the stat sheet but he's getting it done. His, his, um, his presence on the floor is noticed by his teammates and by some, anyone who knows basketball, but, but Jay, I I think they're going to be able to ultimately sneak past, um, past the the bulls in this series in five or six, um, maybe even six, six or seven, who knows? I'm going to go bucks and six, but I will say this without Chris Middleton, Boston, Boston Celtics, I'll see you in June because they're they're going to the NBA finals. I'm going to say that right now Um, because let's not forget, and we didn't even forgot to mention, this is a Boston Celtics team. Who was the number one defensive team in the NBA in the regular season? And they don't have a certain dude, the time Lord, Robert Williams. Boston Celtics are going to NBA finals, especially without Chris Middleton. Um, I did have them as an opportunity to get there. Uh, before, but without Chris Middleton, I think I don't see them getting past a stout defense who's going to throw the throw the kitchen sink at Giannis, get the ball out of his hands, um, force other players to make plays. And without Chris Middleton, that's going to be a huge issue for for the Bucks um, outside of Drew Holiday. So um, concerning, will they get past this series? Yes. Um, beyond that, getting past Boston is going to be a struggle with the possibility of Robert Williams showing up in that series. So man. Um, that's, 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 uh, that's all I got, man. And that, that's what we got for, for this episode, man. Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be back either here Saturday or Sunday, y'all. Um, Jay, unless you got some other, other closing words here. Yeah, Jay, all I, all, all I got, Jay, is I, I would um, like, like how I don't want to, I want to start the pod. I want to end the pod the same way we started the pod in the beginning talked about Marcus Smart making history, Jay, uh, being that first, uh, being that being the second guard to win defensive player of the year since uh, since Gary Payton. Shout out to Gary Payton, man. I feel like I've been seeing him at every game. He was at the Celtics game yeah. last night. He's been at every Warriors game. Shout, yeah. out, shout out Gary Payton. Facts. Yeah, shout out Marcus Smart. Except <laughs> for rolling up on my guy, Steph. But but that, that wasn't even intentional. We talked about that on that episode as well. So um, credit where his credit's due. Dude's had a has a great season. I, I do believe um, Giannis had a case for it. I'm surprised he wasn't in a finalist for that award. But Marcus Smart, Mikhail Bridges, both deserving. They went with Marcus Smart, and I can't be mad at that. I mean, uh, Mikhail Bridges um, said it too. I saw that he said to Marcus Smart, they finally recognizing us for being out there on an island. And it's true because you're guarding some of the best players, most creative players, best handles best shooters in the league on a night-to-night basis and you should get some credit and you should be rewarded for that so i love the league um and voters for getting this right with marcus smart so facts jake facts man so all right family hey well we appreciate everyone that stay tuned man we just did this deep dive into really all the series and uh man we got we just got so much more to come jay um you got any last words to say before we get get up out of here jay Nah, man. Like, get at us on Instagram. Follow us at Clutch Talk Pod on Twitter at Clutch Talk Pod. 
comment, like, subscribe to us on YouTube. We always appreciate the feedback, comments, criticisms, whatever you want for us. We, we love to hear it. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for, for the episodes coming coverage throughout the playoffs because we got you. We're your go-to source. Um, and we come in with the content, man, and and, and just get uh, get at us, man. We, we, we love to talk ball. We smooth heads out here. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. So Jay said it all, man. So if that's it, then we out of here, y'all. Clutch talk out. Peace.